Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Sarah Tone Sluice. I'm Sarah. I'm Bianca. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jared. This episode is sponsored by Hecate's Future Seeing Services. Use code serotonin for 30% off your next prophecy. This week we'll be talking about Lady Macbeth's Parasomnia and Shakespeare's Macbeth. Okay, so before we dive into our discussion, we're going to go over what is parasomnia. So parasomnia is disruptions in sleep and the inability to sleep, and it's also the state of being awake and asleep at the same time. So some symptoms of parasomnia are sleepwalking, nightmares, sleep talking, and sleep paralysis. So sleep paralysis is when you're awake, but you can't move your body. Parasomnia normally occurs in children, but can be triggered in adults by high stress situations. Okay, so first we're gonna be unpacking act five, scene one, where Lady Macbeth is seen with symptoms of parasomnia. In this scene, the doctor and the gentlewoman are watching Lady Macbeth as she arises from bed and she continuously tries to wash her hands of blood that is not on them. And she talks about how the blood will not come off and that the scent of the blood will never leave her hands. I think this shows the symptoms of not only sleepwalking, but she's seen sleep talking. We have all these lines of her talking, especially the one that I really want to focus on was, here's the smell of the blood still, all the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this little hand because She's really focusing on something that isn't there, so she's not in the right state of mind right now. And I feel like how she talks about how there are spots of blood on her hand, I feel like that's kind of showing her guilt about how she's feeling. Like, they're not spots physically there, but they're spots on her soul, and that's just, like, her reflection of how she's feeling with that guilt. That line that Sarah brought out, I thought that was very good at like reflecting what Macbeth had said earlier in the play in the other hand-washing scene where he said not all the water in the ocean could wash the blood off my hand. So her saying like the scents couldn't go away is kind of similar to that. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think it shows a drastic difference between her at the beginning of the play that we saw where she was making fun of Macbeth for being quote-unquote cowardly because he wasn't feeling 100% okay with killing anyone. And we saw at the beginning the line where she says, make thick my blood, stop up the access and passage to remorse. So at the beginning we saw her as this really almost demonic and like soulless human being. And I'll bring up what Steph said, how she has spots in the soul. We see it completely like 360 in her character. Yeah, exactly. Because um, at the more of the beginning when um, he was, she was talking to her husband, Macbeth, she said... A little water clears us of the steed, and now here she is, like, thinking that water and nothing could get the blood out of her hands. It really shows, like, a dramatic character development, how she kind of went from, I am not fearful, like, I can do this, we can kill the king, to there's so much blood on our hands now that the guilt is overwhelming for both of them. What do you think made her have this complete turnaround in character? I think she's under a lot of stress because she realizes how Macbeth is kind of snowballing. Yeah, to add on that, in the beginning, she was kind of okay with murdering Duncan. And, like, that wasn't something that bothered her, but um, I think that was as far as she thought it would go. I didn't think she ever could imagine everything that was going to happen in Macbeth killing other people, like the Macduffs, and just these events all building up have just caused her to break. Yeah. I think I think she's probably bothered by the fact that at the beginning she had control over Macbeth and she was like pushing him towards the murder, 
but now she has no control over him and he's just killing people to kind of get his way and not telling her about it. So do you think she's had this turnaround because she doesn't know what's going on or because she's like had like a true like change within her like morally like she's I think I feel like she realizes it she's starting to realize what they did and she's realizing that like when Duncan and when Macbeth was freaking out at the beginning and she wasn't I feel like she's starting to realize well why was he freaking out maybe he was right for freaking out yeah I think it just shows that she's human like I don't think it's so much as a drastic change because in the beginning when we see her and she acts like she's some evil spirit I think that was more just of a false face that she had like a mask that she put on and I think just deep down she was always human and this is just a human response to murder like this guilt is reasonable yeah, I agree with that. And I also think that this maybe just has a possibility like Macbeth was trying to make her more human because I think his focus when he was writing this play was Macbeth has to be, like, the true villain. And I think if he had kept her as this, like, this completely evil person and wanting to do whatever it takes, it would take away from, like, the fact that it's Macbeth's story and it's his struggle with, like, choosing right and wrong and the his power-hungry, I think... It would overshadow or take away from what he was originally trying to do with it. I don't know. If anyone wants to speak on that. Yeah, so I think, like, I like what you're saying. So Shakespeare decided in this scene to kind of give her, take down her evilness, bring it down to a lower level, so that we could see Macbeth as as the evil person in the story, as the person who was corrupt. And you can really see that dip when it finally gets to the end point where she takes her own life, and you don't even see that on stage it happens off stage and it shows like she couldn't handle everything that was going on so she decided to end everything herself and that escalates how much Macbeth is now the center of the play yeah to go off of that I also think like the fact that it happens off stage and the fact that it's it's a very fleeting moment like Macbeth he mentions oh I I don't have the time to grieve I think it's it's such a fleeting moment to kind of show that she's really not a big part in the story anymore she's not part of his plans anymore it's him against everything so this all uh, the scene of her parents showing me symptoms of parasomnia obviously show us the character change but do we have any thoughts on why Shakespeare decided to use parasomnia specifically to do this and not just change her in a normal state I think it shows kind of how serious it is what she's going through because it's not that she's just really mad or really distant um, she's like really acting out and she doesn't even mean to do it. It's just like affecting her so much that she can't control her actions. I feel like it kind of shows how during the day she wants to put on this mask and act so strong in front of her husband and like be the person that she was at the beginning, but inside she's breaking down. And at night when everyone's asleep, she just lets everything go and she tell us how she really feels yeah Steph I agree with that because like the theme of the book of false face must hide what false heart doth know that just shows that she kind of wears this mask and her evilness and her being so strong it's just how she acts and it's not like her true being and with this parasomnia and her being in a state of sleep she isn't really able to control herself and keep this mask on so when she is in this state of sleepwalking sleep talking we are truly like getting what she is as a character and not just how she wants to be perceived. Mm-hmm. 
trying to like kind of going away from that i i really like that theory i think that's a really interesting one i think it fits with what's happening but i was trying to think about like why does it happen to her and not macbeth and i was thinking but we know the witches throughout the story have such a there's such a pivotal part of the story how they show macbeth the prophecies of what's going to happen they're the ones who tell him the initial prophecies and at the beginning at that beginning scene the one where she's saying make thick my blood we discussed how it was her like praying to like evil spirits could they like have like had a part of that they made her evil and then they needed what was going to happen to Macbeth to come true so you think they could have decided we're just gonna change her around we're gonna take her out of his like his plans I don't know like I feel like that might be a that's like a really interesting <laughs> point but that's I don't know that's getting into like witchcraft yeah, yeah. Like, i'm not yeah. sure total that like thing, brings up but... a completely different conversation mm -hmm. of like if magic is like real yeah. in this play yeah. and like these prophecies actually have a supernatural mm -hmm. sense yeah. to them i like that theory though yeah i just felt like sharing cool. because i was thinking about it i was like well because we never saw the parasomias in her or any of the other characters beforehand so i thought it was just oh, mentioning how all of a sudden it just started the, happening um at the beginning we saw the witches uh, curse a sailor yeah, that's true. to have yeah. insomnia. So With that great point made by Steph, we're going to wrap up by talking about mental health and Macbeth as a whole. As we have collectively decided, we find it interesting that Macbeth has so many aspects of mental health in it. Because in the time, Shakespeare didn't really have that much information about these mental health disorders. However, he's able to use them in his play to give deeper meanings and themes. And that's all the time we have today. I'm Steph. I'm Jared. I'm Bianca. And I'm Sarah. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. See you next time.